This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, however it applies. Uh, as we take you through here, Locked On Browns for what will be your Tuesday, New Year's Eve episode. Uh, happy early New Year's Eve to everybody. Um, Black Friday came to Cleveland with the swiftest. Um, obviously late last night and Pete and I, I you know, if you guys heard the post game show, didn't see any way this was not g- going to go further another day. At least they gave him the flight home. Uh, Freddie kitchens relieved of his duties as head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Um, obviously lots of talk about some other front office shakeups. Looks like Alonzo Highsmith's headed back, uh, to the alma mater of the U, um, which maybe gives, uh, some ease to Pete Smith and I. Uh, obviously Pete from Browns Maven through SI.com, your host, Jeff Floyd, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, look, a lot of this, not, you know, a lot of this undoing probably out of Freddie kitchens control, uh, you know, Antonio Callaway, whatever the situation was with Rashard Higgins, the David Njoku situation, the revolving door in the secondary, uh, losing, Maybe your two best defensive players between Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon for the time you did. Uh, but as it went on and the time went on and the offense couldn't gel and you really couldn't find a way. And everybody looked, you know, oh, a thousand yards for Odell and Jarvis, 62 and a half yards a game, guys, if you really do the math. So nothing special there. Uh, the offense, which looked like it was going to be the calling card, uh, never really found its way. Uh, but it, it was obvious, Pete. The, the writing was on the wall. This couldn't go on. And especially with, the head coaching class that is out there this year. Um, a lot of guys more ready for the job than, than Freddie was given. Obviously some retreads that are going to be out there and some guys who certainly are more than deserving of a second opportunity. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not remotely surprised that Freddie Kitchens was let go. Uh, I was surprised they did it last night, although I think that's better for him, honestly. Um, as opposed to coming in for that, you know, that march of death. Um, Walk of shame, exactly. It's, you know, uh, the, I'm a little surprised that they're approaching this in such a malleable fashion, um, where they're basically saying, we're not really attached to anybody in our front office, so we're just going to see how this goes, and, and then we'll make a decision. Um I don't have a, necessarily have a problem with it. It's just, I, I, certainly, I think it would be ideal if you were satisfied with your front office. But I think there's a, at least a an understanding that John Dorsey did not, has not done a good job to this point, and there's real questions for whether or not that that should stay the way it is. And if they love a specific candidate, they may shape their team around them. And and there are some candidates out there that will probably uh, keep most of the front office people in place. So it's interesting. Um, I'm sort of interested to see where some of these things go, but at least for the moment, I mean, you know, seems okay. We'll see, you know, to get, mucked up somewhere, but at least for the moment, they seem like they're uh, at least looking at some of the right people. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think uh, Jarvis Landry today uh, on with Nathan Zagara and, uh, you know, on Cleveland Browns Daily. And, you know, one of the things that he pointed out and was, you know, a lot of times it was about calling the certain plays as opposed to featuring these certain players. And, yeah, there were times where that was absolutely, you know, aggravating, frustrating. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I go back to the Demetrius Harris and all the red zone stuff. You know, obviously that was stuff they liked with David Njoku. Harris, not David Njoku. Um, and we got to see that time and time again. Uh, you didn't need to keep force feeding it. Um, another prime example is every time they got within the five yard line, this, you know, I mean, offense played with, you know, essentially an emergency break on, you know, then there was the, you know, just the overall head coaching aspect of it, you know, when the can't focus on the game because we're arguing with the refs, um, you know, let's review this, even though everybody on the building says don't review it. And just so many things, the mismanagement of time and times out and timeouts and allocution as far as end of half play. And, you know, that's not essentially so much on Freddie. That's what happens when you go from running back coach to offensive coordinator to head coach within, I guess, what was it, <laughs> three months? Um, you know, and they, they took a gamble on it. Obviously, it didn't work out. Um, but, of course, as far as the front office here, you know, look, I mean, you know, John was kind of the one that backed for this hire. So that doesn't bode well on his part. Uh, the roster construction, that really only falls on one person at this point. And, you know, if it's going to be this guy really wows you, this guy really knocks your socks off, but maybe, you know, he and John don't blend. Obviously, Josh McDaniels, you, know, you guys know kind of know our feelings on that one, but that's one where it works. And then there's going to be other guys where it's, you know, well, I want to bring in a couple of my people or you guys have some people in that front office who haven't been given enough of an opportunity uh, that I may bode well better with. I may work better with the yin yang type of thing. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a lot to get to. It's going to be an interesting week here. Um, obviously, you got some interviews coming up quickly because you got some teams, you know, some playoff teams on the bye here. And this is the best opportunity, first and foremost, and only opportunity you're going to get to talk to them for a while. So they're going to get right on that. Um, we'll get into the candidates here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, Pete, it's, you know, look, uh, you know, they gave John two calendar years. Uh, this team is a game and a half worse. The roster looked worse this year. Last year when you lost pieces, it was better. This year, not a sense, not nearly as much. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I don't know how you equate it percentage-wise, 50, 50, 75, 25, whatever. But, you know, whatever Freddie couldn't get done as head coach, there were a lot of things John just didn't get done as general manager of this franchise. And, uh, you know, two of the people who may be the happiest right now uh, with the circumstances, uh, it could be David Njoku and Joe Schobert because that may um, change their reality in terms of the contract uh, negotiation for Schobert, and it may just, you know, essentially ensure that uh, Njoku continues to be here. Uh, you know, and we don't know exactly where Dorsey was on that, but um, that would seemingly. Uh, it seems like he's not super high on him. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if anything will get moved on those right now, but it, especially if, the, if those guys are gone, uh, Dorsey's gone, then that would seemingly only make it more likely that those players stay in the mix and uh, as they move forward. But, you know, they had an obscene amount of draft assets, cap space, and they haven't, made nearly enough uh, use of it. And there's some real concerns about that. Um, and, 
in addition to just the the complete lack of interest in character, which I think is has has held this team back in some respect. Um, I don't think you can just. I I I think John Dorsey is entirely focused on adding talent, which I think is debatable if he's even good at that. But this team played like a collection of talent, rarely played like a team, and I, and I think that's a, that's you know there's no question that the head coach is to blame on some of that. Uh, but uh, I do think that uh, that uh, a lot a lot of that is on the general manager. His leadership has been pretty awful. I, I guess guess that's fair to say, <laughs> no doubt about that, and. You know, and maybe this is because John's, you know, for years have been growing accustomed to guys who've been around there and done it before. And, you know, this wasn't the case this go around and kind of let everything to where we are. And so, I mean, we'll get to some candidates here in a bit. Uh, you know, obviously, Freddie moved on from, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, the assistant coaches told, hey, you got somebody interested, go ahead, uh, you know, do what you got to do for yourself, uh, you know some changes are coming all the way around and who's to say, you know, who's bringing who with them when they do want to come here more on locked on Browns. I'm locked on Browns, Jeff Floyd, Pete Smith. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game. That's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness, calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his uh, his mental fitness routine. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Without Calm, with Calm, you have access to the natural uh, nature scenes LeBron loves like rain or leaves and so much more like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount on an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at com.com locked on. That's com.com locked on. Pete, now we get obviously candidate wise. And look, I mean, the net is out there. It, you know, they are willing to talk to anybody and everybody. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy, look, guys, anybody, Ron Rivera, that's over, uh, you know, done in DC for the word, word is pretty much already has his staff assembled there. Uh, you know, Stefanski, a name, obviously Josh McDaniels, uh, defense coordinator from San Francisco, uh, obviously Greg Roman down in Baltimore, Pete. Uh, if somebody's willing to give them, you know, an hour or two, they are looking to talk to anybody and everybody. And it does feel like it's pretty wide open and where somebody could just literally go in and wow an interview and, and may change the focus of where the search is totally headed. Well, they, they may well have their favorites picked out, but they're at least open-minded enough to, to look at some of these other ones and see if they're surprised. I think that's especially the case with somebody like Robert Sala, where I think it's, uh, I think some of these teams that will interview him, they just don't know him at all. And they're probably trying to figure out 
um, who he is and, 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 you know, get, get a feel for where he's at. Um, in addition, maybe feeling out a little bit what the 49ers are doing there, but I, I don't anticipate he's going to be a serious candidate unless he's just comes off as a coaching prodigy. Um, but pulls a Mike Tomlin when we interviewed with Pittsburgh way back in the day. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, you know, they, they are going with some very different um, options in terms of sort of what it would mean to the organization. Um, you know, Stefanski is, is obviously the guy that, that everyone believes would have gotten the job had Freddie Kitchens not gotten it, but he would be a first-time head coach, so that may change that dynamic a little bit. But, like, if they go with him, you know, I, I, I don't see Dorsey staying. Um, meanwhile, if, if, they, if they get McCarthy, I would imagine he would stay. So there's a lot at play in terms of – terms of those type of things another one I, I don't know how much i believe in greg roman's chances but it seems like a worthwhile guy to again get a feel for see what you know his take on things and, and try to get a feel for where he's at um just seeing what's uh seeing what's out there and what what could be of interest to you yeah, uh, you know, and for me, look, and we, we did the episode, and I guess this had to be a month ago now, and with a guy like Mike McCarthy and the resume he has, and even if Freddie was maybe somewhat in good standing, you know, here's a guy, it, it's, look, it's 60 games over 500, uh, he's got a Super Bowl ring, won a Lombardi for the Green Bay Packers. This is a guy here, and, and look, I mean, whatever job he may have interest in, it's really, really tough because he's got this track record and everybody, Oh, well, Aaron Rodgers hated him. Aaron Rodgers hates his own freaking family. So, I mean, look, you know, and sometimes a marriage is just over 10 years, 11 years, whatever it does was sometimes things are just done. And it's time to, you know, go your separate ways. Uh, you know, Mike took the year um, and tried to improve himself and things that he wasn't willing to break into while he was in with green Bay. And maybe cause it wasn't how he didn't have the time to totally sit down and, strip down to barest tax and, and and look at something from a different lens, which he got to do this entire year because he was not affiliated with the team. He was not affiliated with a certain scheme, a certain players that had to be involved. It was just, all right, what do I like? And you know, what can I learn more of? And, you know, now that jobs are opening, all right, what do I feel that I've learned? What do I feel that I like? And how do I incorporate it in, 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 into wherever I am headed? Uh, so, look, I mean, uh, a lot with Mike McCarthy, at least from an outside perspective, is going to be based on how much you believe someone can sort of change uh, who they are as a coach. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think it's all that difficult. Uh, I think, you know, uh, there are any number of coaches that have seen things and you know, evolved, even if it's just taking something they do and sort of adding to it or changing the way they do it or whatever to be more efficient. So I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, whatever Aaron Rodgers wants to say about him, he helped him become one of the best quarterbacks ever. I mean, that's impossible to ignore. Um, you know, I don't, he wouldn't have the same luxury he did with, uh, with Rodgers and that he can't afford to take, you know, basically his quarterback mechanics down to the studs like he did with him over the course of several years. But there's no doubt that that 
Rodgers is better for having been coached by by McCarthy, and they did win the Super Bowl, and he has won a ton of football games and and all those things. So it's really hard for me to sit here and be like, well, we should just immediately discount him entirely. Um, I mean, that is what the interview process is for. This is what you're trying to find out. You may not like what he has to say and, and in the interview, and you may not want him after that. But uh, it's hard for me to be like, you know, this guy is making efforts to better himself as a coach, uh, taking the criticism that was sort of lobbed at him when he was when he was let go by the Packers, and you know, seems to be doing things to 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 improve. So, like to be, you know, just ignore that as silly. In the same way that you know the amount of coaches or the amount of evidence and the amount of you know people who talk about how beneficial it is for a coach to take a year off and all those things, that there's a lot that makes it very easy to uh, like about McCarthy. I think whether it's McCarthy or most any of these people, it, it comes down to staff and assistants and those things and coordinators and and all that stuff that's going to make you feel better about it or worse. But beyond that, I think. It's largely a guessing game. I mean, McCarthy has a far more uh, substantial track record along with Ron Rivera than most of these other guys since they, you know, either haven't been head coaches or haven't been head coaches in a very long time, that it's more difficult to know what you're going to get from them. And I think in some cases there's an aversion to that simply because, you know, you've seen them fall short and you've seen them get fired and these other guys haven't. And whether you want to, uh, you, you're, you're, you're just attracted to the sort of the shiny new thing or not, you know, that's up to you. But I, I just think you have to be open-minded with all these things and see what comes up because it, it, they have seemingly a criteria they want to follow uh, in terms of what they're looking for. Uh, hopefully it's better than last year and they can find the right guy. But I, I, I got no issue with, potentially hiring Mike McCarthy and, or, well, most of these guys, uh, I'm just sort of curious to see, you know, what they would do on Sundays because I just don't have enough information and know enough to be like, well, this guy's going to be good or this guy's going to suck. So, uh, you know, it's largely comes down to feel ultimately with this. It's not like players where I have tons and tons of data to look at and all these other things. It's just a question of, you know, do you think this guy will be good because you just don't know in a new circumstance? Well, I mean, first and foremost, it's going to be, you're going to have to be a guy that these guys believe in and look, it it can be a younger guy. It can be a guy less established, um, but you can't go from a guy like Freddie where everybody kind of lost trust kind of early. It's got to be somebody where it's, I don't even want to say the toe of the line. It's going to be like, you know, I need you today. Um, And even if it's an OTA, look, I understand you're here. Uh, I need you to give me a little work here. And it, it's, you know, the, hopefully, obviously, the health-wise will be better, but it's going to be, you know, Jarvis, Odell, I need you guys to practice. Um, if if I'm going to feature you guys 25 to 30 times as targets in the passing game, I need this stuff to be cohesive, and I need to be smooth because, you know, these are just obviously wasted opportunities otherwise. Pete, you know, I would think, you know, McCarthy's got to be a strong contender here. Uh it, 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 you can't help but read about it. And with John Dorsey, you know, maybe losing power or, or whatever, you got to think, you know, and the Haslam seemed to love him. Josh McDaniels is a strong contender here. Of those two, Pete, who else would you say is maybe one or maybe two more people that probably come in as really strong contenders? Oh, I think Stefanski's uh, 
he's he's definitely in there. I mean, he was the guy last year, if not for Kitchen. So I, I can't imagine they're just going to be suddenly like, well, we don't like him anymore and we're moving on. And it, it could happen that way. But there were a lot of people in that corner. And, uh, you know, they may not be valuing the input of guys like they did last year. It sounds like Dorsey is not uh, near where he was in terms of the pecking order on this thing. And maybe a guy like uh, Paul V. Podesta is. So that could change things. So if if I was looking at it from that standpoint, I would say those those are the three top guys. Um, yeah, and, and and some of that may come again may may come down to what what you can get in terms of staffing. Um, you know, I think Stefanski looks more attractive if he's coming with some some of the Kubiaks, um, and you know maybe McDaniel's looks more attractive if he's able to lock up you know somebody like Kevin O'Connell or some of the other guys uh, that he's been linked to as potential uh, coaching hires, and that's part of it. Like. Uh, presumably Stefanski must have had a pretty compelling uh, group uh, essentially lined up when he didn't get that job. And maybe he can bring that same group back. Maybe he can't. And obviously McCarthy seemingly already has a staff, uh, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. officially done or if there would be, you know, some more consideration with it, or, you know, maybe he likes James Camp and would like to keep him. I mean, I'm all for that. Uh, so it really just depends on all these little factors. So I don't, again, there's only been five guys mentioned. I don't feel good about uh, Salah's chances of this. I don't feel particularly good about Greg Roman's chances of this. There's been talk that I'll talk to Dennis Allen. I, I don't, you know, I don't know enough about him to say whether I feel good about his chances. Obviously he's done it before. Um, and it wouldn't be surprising if they, they, they talked, uh, to to any some other guys, but uh, those those seemingly at this point would be my top three. Uh, but I'm you know I'm I'm sort of willing to sit here and wait and see if something else comes out and surprises. Uh, the thing with Roman and it's look, it's not that he's qual, it's not that it's not appealing or whatever. But I mean, it's you know how much does he you know like having the ability of the mobile quarterback, um, you know, are there ways to work around that? Obviously, you know, you play some more two back sets, you know, things of that nature, but it's, you know, is it something that he likes? I mean, and he'd have to come in here and kind of, you know, basically, you know, vamp off of that, do something different. I mean, a part of this is also, are you, you know, trying to, you know, yank the chain on the Ravens here a little bit, or, you know, seeing this, you know, this possibility Roman might say something too much, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, there, there's, you know, that type of, in, you know, if you can, you know, if it comes in and he wows you, yeah. I mean, you're, you know, you're weakening probably, you know, the biggest roadblock in front of you as far as, you know, any 2020 success. So, you know, there's certain ways to look at it. It's certainly, you know, I think the list is impressive of candidates that they have to interview. It also depends how long do they want to wait? Um, you know, with Baltimore, there's possibility, you know, you're waiting until February. Uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels could be a free man by, you know, Saturday night at 1130. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, he's ready to go now. Uh, just so many avenues and so many ways to look at this. Uh, we got some listener questions to get to. We'll get to that here in a bit. So keep on rolling through locked on Browns. Freddie's gone front office shakeups. 
uh, you know, maybe you never know with John. I mean, you know, possibly John could be moving on as well. Uh, a lot more coming here on Locked On Browns. Like the rest of us, I bet you're going into 2020 thinking about what you didn't get around to in 2019 and your goals for the new year. If you want to work towards being your best self in 2020, understand more about the world around you and make sure that your time is well spent, then Blinkist is for you. Blinkist is for anyone who cares about learning but doesn't have a lot of time. Blinkist takes key insights from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories and condenses them in, down into 15-minute uh, blinks, which are text and audio explainers that help you understand more about the core ideas of each book. Use blinks to get into a topic quickly, find new topics to grow from, or figure out which books you want to spend more time reading or listening to completion. With Blinkist high-quality audio feature, you can jump right in on the go during your commute, at the gym, or even download to a listen uh, to listen offline. Uh, Blinkist, look, uh, you know, guys, there's things I got to do, you know, to help be able to help my kids with schoolwork. And, you know, as far as what the new math is, and it was new math for me, and it was math for my parents. Uh, so you're using that and, and trying to get some of the formulas down as far as, you know, what comes before what. Uh, it, it's something I've tried, and it actually does help a little bit. Um, but look, there's some things you need to know, whether it's your job or your just general knowledge that you want to get better at. So go ahead, check out Blinkist. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash LockedOn to start your free seven-day trial and get 25% off of Blinkist Premium Membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash LockedOn to get 25% off. Start a seven-day free trial, Blinkist.com slashed locked on. Thanks to the folks over at Blinkist. Pete, we got questions here, and obviously, you know, everybody's got questions whether or not it's on the offensive side of the ball, it's the defensive side of the ball, coaching, and this one actually, well, here you go, Pete, gun to your head when the decision is made. Who is the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns? Mm, if I, if I went off what, right, what, what, what's Right now, uh, to me, I think it's going to end up being Stefanski and a bunch of G- and a bunch of uh, and, and some new personnel in the front office. But you know, I'm, 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 I'm that's that's not exactly like some strong feeling, but that's just by virtue of the fact that they really liked them last time. So it wouldn't be that big of a leap to go the next time. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Mike McCarthy. I think if Mike McCarthy wants this job. I believe he's got the resume that trumps all here. So if this is what you're basing it on, and look, you know, Mike could come in and the interview might not go very well. But if, and I've been on this for a month, look, if you're basing the strongest candidate, not taking interviews into, you know, into account, I don't know how it's not like McCarthy. I just do not. Uh, from at Goobs Cleave, uh, opinions on High Smith leaving the front office. Pete, at the end of the day, you know, Elliot Wolf is a guy on the rise. And if he's still here, it may to be the point where, you know, maybe he's obviously jumping Alonzo Highsmith. Alonzo Highsmith is a great guy, a great figure. But I, I think this is probably something he's going to enjoy more. 
Um, you know, it's, it's different when you're working for something that you've been a part of, you know, your whole life. And, you know, he goes down there as a little bit of a legend and, you know, it means something to boosters. It means something to kids. And especially when you're recruiting kids of former Canes at the end of the day, I don't think this is a major blow for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he, um, he has value in what he does, uh, like person of, uh, player personnel. There's the relationship aspect of that. Um, I think he has more value to the University of Miami that needs all the help they can get. Um, and I just – I can't imagine that whatever they do, everybody's coming back. I, I So I feel like – if this is his, you know, his path to get a, 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 a you know, another good, good gainfully employed job, that that there's all the more reason for him to do it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just not convinced that he's going to be here anyway. Um, I just, I, I don't think, you know, there's a there's a path where everybody's going to be staying in that front office. Uh, you know, it, it, unless. Again, I think Mike McCarthy might be the exception to that rule, but if it's like anyone else, even if they do keep some, I, I just can't imagine it's going to be staying they're, that they're all going to stay. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to bring in new guys and you're going to elevate some guys, I mean, when you have a front office of 27 people, it, you know, at, at that point, it, you know, certainly gets the uh, uh, you know too many, way too many cooks in the kitchen, so uh, so to speak. Uh, this one isn't bad here from Paul's in how much did the organization fail Freddie versus he failed the organization? Tough to put a percentage on it. And, you know, when I opened here, you know, there were factors that nobody saw coming. Well, Callaway, whatever, but nobody ever saw that there would be a reason or a way where, you know, Rashard Higgins and David Njoku were players that they literally just refused to play, refused to use hell, even refused to dress Pete. Wait, say that again. So how much of the organization did how much did the organization fail Freddie versus he failed the organization? Uh, well, I think the organization failed him in so far as they, they, they made a bunch of moves that were essentially deferred. Um, and again, I, I will defend the move. I, I thought I thought, thought the Olivier Vernon trade was smart, but it did hurt your right guard spot initially. And you know, I think that hurt Baker Mayfield initially. Um, I think there's other moves that were made that, that weren't helpful. Uh, there were circumstances that weren't helpful. Um, but, you know, I, I think for the most part, you know, I think Freddie largely made his own bet. I just think the, the problem you're, you're, you're seeing here is that John Dorsey just has been, hasn't been up to the task himself. I just think that, that has been, the, that has largely been, the problem is neither one of them has been particularly good, and that's sort of the result. So I, I think, in some respects, maybe uh, Kitchens would have been, you know, better served if he didn't take this job and maybe waited for another job. But I also think, in in many ways, he just wasn't ready for a job. Um, and I think, you know, you have to be able to figure that part out first. And they, you know, I, I just don't think he was there yet. I, I think he was put in a position to fail, but that's but he's still the one that failed. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, we, we said it. it was e e there's there's equal parts blame here, but, you know, it's, you know, 
you know, Freddie, where's the six and 10? The fact that they, you know, down the stretch just got worse and, you know, to the point where you lose the players, it's, you know. Uh, from William Kaufman, do you think Kitchen's departure improves matters for Njoku and Higgins? I, I There's one thing I don't even, if we didn't get to this, Pete, I, I would say this, a lot of this also would depend on John Dorsey and what his role is. If there is a role, he's got any power, he doesn't have any power. Um, but, uh, you know, Higgins, probably not. Look, he's not under contract, and I don't think he's going to fall for any freaking false hope here. Um, whatever opportunity between the other 31 teams that's out there, uh, he's just going to, you know, pack his bags and go. Schobert's probably the key one here. Look, Najoku, there's nothing David Najoku can do here. They want to keep him on this roster? He's on this roster. The question here is obviously Joe and, you know, where he would be valued within a new regime. Uh, I would be a little more optimistic on Richard Higgins if, you know, if, if, if let's say they, let's just say for example they, they they were to hire Josh McDaniels and he was to bring in a, another front office guy to run the show, uh, I have to think at that point. While Higgins is probably still going, eh, probably best to move on. That he at least it would be willing to listen at that point. I think if anyone from the last regime was still here. He's probably not listening at all. But I think if they they overhaul it like that, then then there's at least a reason to sort of listen. And then he, you know, obviously he and Baker Mayfield do get along. So unless there is a, you know, there is some issue between him and the other players in that locker room, which is possible, I don't know, um, that led to sort of the situation. Uh, I could definitely envision a scenario where. He's at least willing to listen. Uh, I, I, you, you, you're probably right where, because there was the, I believe it was Baker's wife put it up. You know, they all got together before Christmas, did the escape room, that type of thing. And it seemed like, you know, the camaraderie was still good. Um, you know, obviously Baker had a great rapport with him. I, I, I don't know if I'm a short against, I, I, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. I mean, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. That type of thing here. Um, let's see what we got here. Da, 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 da. We did that. Evan Dawson. Uh, did not realize that Ratley came out of college one of the best 40 times. Is he the speed burner I've been hoping for? Uh, Damian Ratley, and he, he was on the show like right after he got drafted. Uh, shockingly, he came from a really, really small high school program. Uh, really good athlete. Uh, didn't get a lot of pub. Had to go to the Juco route. Got to Texas A&M at like the worst time where that staff was falling apart before Jimbo Fisher came to town. Uh, what you like about Damian Ratley is he works, doesn't mind playing his special teams. You like to see a guy get an opportunity. It was great for him yesterday. Uh, obviously still under contract for 2020. There's a potential that's something there. There's potential that there's a late bloomer, whether he's ever going to be a starter. I doubt that, but, you know, third or fourth with a nice size, speed, you know, resume there's still something there. And, uh, you know, you're certainly not kicking Damian Ratley to the curb just yet. Uh, he is fast. He's not particularly agile. Um, he wasn't particularly productive. Um, he has gotten better. He certainly gave you a little, nice little uh, something to shoot for, something to hope for with what he was able to do in that last game. The team seems to like him. Um, you know, they, they don't need him to be a revelation. They just need him to be able to 
uh, you know, fulfill a third, fourth wide receiver spot. And, you know, if he can do that, then they're in pretty good shape. And that's, that would be a plus. If he can't, then, you know, that, that becomes a bigger issue. But I, I, I don't see um, anything but, you know, a nice little opportunity to uh, see if he can't get better. I, you know, he, he's certainly fast. There's never been a question about that. The thing that what, what always made him intriguing wasn't so much his speed. He is a bigger guy than I think a lot of people realize. He's, mm-hmm. you know, 200 pounds and, you know, about six foot uh, one, I think. And a little yoked up, that, yeah. Yeah, so he's not a small guy. That's at least uh, worthwhile from that standpoint. So, um yeah, he's a guy that's going to get a lot of opportunities, I think. Uh, it, it would seem like Kaderil Hodges, um, based on what we've seen this year, but we'll see. So, you know, they've got a few guys that are interesting um, that, that could come back in. Uh, they don't want to – I don't think they want to have to try to import a bunch of new guys again. But, again, if they change staffs and all that type of stuff, then that may, that may be different. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I, you know, I've been a Ratley fan, um, and the other thing is, is you know, that where's the difference between where you know he's getting reps now and Higgins never was. Higgins was that guy on third and six, third and seven could find you some sticks. Ratley, it's more of a you know deep route guy, and you know, you know, either he beats him and he's open for the play, or hopefully you've created a whole bunch of stuff open underneath. Um, from Gio Giovanni Ravis, never going to ignore you, big guy. Uh, what would you suggest to Baker Mayfield to help him prepare for next season? Honestly, part of it would be Baker just kind of get out of the limelight. And the other thing for me, Pete, was what did you do for for the years you were at Oklahoma? What did you do to get ready? Um, you know, obviously there's still going to be demands on him as far as that, but you know, best opportunity for him to kind of get away from any limelight or anything of that nature is, is probably what's in the best interest of six. Clear your head, get a little more focused, you know, maybe tell some people no. As far as opportunities and things of that nature, it's probably ideal for him. Uh, so, with uh, with that type of stuff, I think um, it's more about mental stuff. Uh, I, I think it's just more about immersing himself in sort of the classroom aspect of it. I, th- I think there's absolutely, you know, you you absolutely want him to continue to work and get better um, in terms of, you know, mechanics and, and hammering those things home. But so much of it uh, this year was it, it, he would play like he was operating at times with tunnel vision in a way that he hadn't in, in previous years. And I think that was something that helped him back. Um, and I think if he, he just needs to continue studying and continue working on those things so that he can trust uh, trust what he sees more and uh, be more effective from that standpoint uh, in terms of what he sees in defense, what, you know, just getting a better understanding of coverages, all those types of things. Uh, yeah, and, and the other thing would be some, you know, being able to hopefully continue with some of these weapons for a second year. Uh, you know, it was pretty much Jarvis, and that was kind of it here, as what were holdovers from 18 to 19. Uh, hopefully some, you know, you know, continuality, things of that nature should probably help. Pete, this is one I'm going to go with. Um, obviously, you talk about camping, and, and regardless, you know, whoever comes in, we like that. Give me one assistant coach, if not two, that you want 
you love to hopefully be part of whatever this 2020 staff is going to be? Uh, I I mean, I like camping. I like stump. I, I mean, I, I, I like um, – I thought Tosh LaPoy did, did a solid job. Um, I, I don't feel as good about Adam Henry as I did last year. I, I don't no. – I, I, I'll be uh, part of me thinks um, part of me thinks that uh, the, those those two receivers did him no favors this year, um, and I think that they made he turned into the back. caddy of the wide receiver room, not the wide receiver coach. So, yeah, I I, I didn't love that. I, I have obviously I didn't love the quarterback coach and some of those things, but yeah, I mean I I, I like Mike Prefer. I mean you know yep. Indiscretions aside, uh, I thought he 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 did a a good job with what they had. Yeah, if for me, it, you know, I guess mostly, I guess it would probably be prefer. Um, you talk about a guy like Hodge who lights out special teamers, uh, Tavier Thomas who showed well in eighteen in that respect. Great job. Uh, the kid came over from the Giants, uh, Tay Davis looked real good. Uh, you know, that's you know, in however much work you want to say he put in with these rookie kickers. Uh, and you know, for the most part, you know, Cyber had a pretty good year. I think when things just started to go south everywhere, Cyber's game slipped a little bit. Uh, Gillian, for the most part, you know, fantastic job. For me, I guess it would probably be Prefer. Yeah, I kind of agree on camping. And mostly the thing on camping is is because with an old line coach, you want to see the you know the the progression from year one to year two. You want to see some more work with Wyatt Teller. Can he get him lower? Can he make him a better run blocker? Uh, you know, the ball of clay and the athleticism that he has at Drew Forbes. You know, what's the plan towards a year two? Where are you going to put him? How are you going to use him? What do you want to do with him? That's one I want to look at. Uh, Pete, obviously you've been busting your ass today. Hopefully the carpal tunnel hasn't set in. Let everybody know what they can find out. Find over at uh, brownsmaven on si.com. Well, it's been, you know, five, and now here we go to the sixth uh, requested interview. Um they're requesting to interview uh, Bill's offensive coordinator, uh, Brian Dable. Joe Thomas's uh, choice. Yeah, I know Joe Thomas talked about him. I, you know, I thought he was shitty when he was here. I, I he has gotten much better. Um, I think he's done a good job um, learning at Alabama, and then what he's done with the Bills. But I, remembering when he's the offensive coordinator, Eric McGee, that year sucked offensively. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of that. There's talked about the guys who – Jarvis Landry is talking about the coaching situation. Uh, you know, he's put in sort of an awkward position of telling the truth while basically killing the guy who's just fired. Uh, the, the reserve futures list guys, uh, coaching stuff, uh, talking about John Dorsey's tenure and whether the Browns should want him back, uh, you know, the fact the Browns picked 10th. In the, in the upcoming draft, all that stuff up there. So Pete's obviously put out a ton for you guys. And look, I mean, with the with the coaching change and stuff, this, you know, look, we, we got a lot more to do here this weekend. Uh, it's good because you never know how this week was going to turn out. And I'll be honest, uh, Freddie was kept. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you guys want to listen. So we appreciate you for being here. At Pete Smith, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore on Twitter, at Browns Maven on Twitter, si.com. You find all the work that him and his team got going on over there through Browns Maven, the show itself, at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me, personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs open, guys. Stuff you want on the show here. And, look, you know, this week's going to change a little bit. 
we have plenty of stuff we got to get to for the offseason. Some of that stuff we can kind of put to the back burner as we go through a coach search and then filling out the staff and all that stuff. Just gives us more of an opportunity to put out quality content for you guys, which is great. Uh, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.